Moms, I know divorce can be really messy, but selling your engagement ring can actually be quick, easy, and stress-free with Worthy. Worthy uses their expertise, technology, and connections to get you the absolute most for your jewelry with no hidden fees. Plus, just for my audience, Worthy gave me a special offer to share. When you sell your jewelry through Worthy, you'll receive a $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from your ring? Head to worthy.com slash moms to get started today. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. This week on Moms Moving On. It's about owning 100% of your 50, right? Marriage takes two people. It doesn't matter that he cheated, right? It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but I don't take ownership of his choice. He has to live with that. He has to own his 100% of the 50%. I have to own how I showed up. I pushed him away. I own that I pushed my husband away because of how I acted. Now, he could have come to me and said, stop being a bitch, right? Like stop blowing up at me and thinking I'm in your head listening to you, right? That math equation, and I don't like math, is so (laughs) spot on because not many people can do that. It's so much easier for you to want somebody else to own their shit for that closure that never really comes. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Moms Moving On. I'm so excited to welcome Wendy Sterling back to the podcast. This is not her first time here, but it is her first time here on the podcast as a published author. For those of you who don't know, Wendy is one of my favorite divorce recovery coaches, and she has put together a piece of work that I'm so grateful to share with you. Her book is called Divorce Sucks, Now What? The Five Steps to Find Yourself and Heal After Going from I Do to I'm Divorced. But there is so much more than just her divorce story in this book. But Wendy, I'll let you I'll let you take it from here. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be back here and to spend some time with you and your listeners today. Um, yeah, you know, this book has been on my heart for quite some time. And it it really wasn't until about six months ago where it finally came to me and I ended up writing it within five days. It was that fast and it was it was delivered to me through a message that I got uh, from my mom. And ultimately the book starts with a night that I will never forget about six and a half years ago, which was the night that I discovered that my now ex-husband was having an affair. And it was a wake-up call that I apparently needed in the form of a two by four, whacking me upside the head that night. And I'm so grateful that it happened because what it showed me was that I had really fallen asleep at the wheel of my marriage. I had completely lost my identity. I assumed a people-pleasing role as it related to my husband. And ultimately what I ended up learning was that I had perpetuated the image of what everyone and who everyone saw Wendy to be um, from when I was a little girl. 
and I love my parents and I'm super close with my family. Uh, however, I do come from a line of Holocaust survivors. And so when my family came to this country, it was all about fitting in. It was all about wanting to look and act American. And so I had essentially been trained to sit pretty and smile and to obey and to listen to my elders. And for anyone that's heard this story before, I was anything but that. My nickname as a little girl was Monkey. And it was because I just was very outspoken. I was all over the place. I was I was active and tomboyish. And, um, you know, it just got to the point where I had been told to stop so many times that it really just kind of shut me down and silenced me. And I perpetuated that throughout my teenage years and then ultimately into my marriage. And so I didn't know who I had become. I checked the boxes that my family had set for me in terms of, you know, going to college, getting a good education, going to a good college, marrying a doctor or a lawyer. I checked the lawyer box. My sister checked the doctor box. All good on paper. Yep. Yep. 100%. And so, you know, my my divorce ended up really teaching me that it was time for me to start authentically being Wendy. And you know, I I will never forget, you know, this moment where my parents had come down and wanted to take me to dinner uh, for my birthday. And my mom said, where do you want to go? We want to take you to your favorite restaurant. And I just started bawling because I had no idea what that was. Um, and it was really in that moment that I realized that I had like I had to change, this had to shift. And so, um, you know, really me standing in the power of my voice came, you know, a year after my ex and I separated and I looked him dead in the eye and I said, I want a divorce. And a couple of hours later, my mom uh, was rushed to the hospital. I got a call from my father and I had to fly home and my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And so it was one of those moments where literally in the same day within hours of each other, the two people that I had considered my rocks and just my everything were essentially leaving. And so my grieving process wound up being simultaneous around losing my marriage, my best friend, my dreams, my, you know, all of that that comes with marriage. And then at the same time, also grieving the fact that I was going to lose my mother. And so my journey really became this metamorphosis where I went from becoming this, you know, I went from being a, a caterpillar into becoming this beautiful butterfly that really intended for me to soar. And the journey that both my mom and I embarked upon over the next four and a half years side by side was one where, you know, I gave her the strength to fight and she gave me the strength to live. And so it was wow. this beautiful journey between the two of Wendy. us. <laughs> yeah. Cue the tears. Know. Okay. <laughs> you know, it was, um, it, it's interesting because my mom continues to be the strength for me to live my life. Um, you know, I had mentioned before we hit record that this book really ultimately was a delivery from my mom. I was in Sedona last year and I was there by myself and I was up at the top of one of the vortex mountains and my mom came to me in the form of a butterfly and she delivered this message to me about what my book was supposed to be. And she also delivered at the same time that uh, she is more powerful and stronger where she is to be able to support me on my journey to live than she was here on this earth being in her human body. And so yeah. 
it's really just been this, um, you know, my grieving process with my mom has been one where I still feel her. I still know she's here. Um, you know, physically I would give anything to, you know, one more hug, one more kiss on the cheek. You know, my mom had this like sway hug that she did and I would give anything to have that again. And at the same time, I feel her. I know she's with me. I know she's watching over me. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be here today without her and our journeys being simultaneous. So yeah, oh, Wendy. But what you said was so powerful in the two things that I want to go back to. First and foremost, how you said you gave your mom the strength to fight and she gave you the strength to live. What did that living look like for you at that point? I mean, obviously you were learning to live your life after a marriage, but but tell me a little bit more about that because that's so powerful. Yeah. So my mom ultimately, you know, it was interesting because at first we were both contributing to the other's pity party, right? And then there was just this <laughs> moment where, you know, it's like, why us? Why is this happening to us? Like, why is this happening to us at the same time? And then ultimately, you know, my mom and I just kind of had this moment. She was actually down here visiting and we both just had this beautiful moment. We used to go out to lunch together when she would come here and then we would do a little shopping as, you know, moms and daughters love to do. And, you know, we had this moment where we, we were sitting in the Nordstrom. <laughs> so funny. We were sitting in the Nordstrom um, uh, fitting room and I was like trying on a bunch of clothes. And, you know, my mom just looked at me and she just said to me, she was like, Wendy, she's like, you know, cause I was, you know, I wasn't happy with my weight and COVID and all this stuff. Right. And, you know, and my mom just looked at me and she's like, Wendy, it's what matters on the inside. She's like, stop living for what you look on the outside. And I, in that moment, I just looked at her and I was just like, okay, so living, okay, I can do this. Living is really about just being me and it doesn't matter what I physically look like, right? And so living in the now ultimately is about focusing. The only the only time that exists is now. The only time that we have the control or the power over is the now. We don't have power over the past. We don't have power over the future. And my mom just kept saying, she's like, I'm grateful that I have one more day. I have one more day. I have one more day. And it was never about like, you know, there was never morbid conversation around like, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. Am I going to make it to the boys bar mitzvahs? Am I going to make it to this? So, you know, it was all about being with each just other right and now. loving each other in the now. And ultimately she's like, I just want you to be happy. I want you to be happy every single day. And she's like, stop focusing on him, start living for yourself, like let him learn his lessons. Because there was a time where I was so focused on him because his life kept getting thrown in my face around, yeah. you know, the marriage, the new wife, the living together, the new baby. Like it was just like this constant, like I felt like it was whiplash. I remember and you went through like everything at once. Yes, it was. It was in a very condensed seven month period that I literally got whiplash from both me and my children. And, you know, through that all, my mom just kept saying, she's like, let him live his life and let him make his choices. And you just get to make sure that you're happy. The boys are happy that they're feeling safe and secure. You can't control what he is doing. And so a lot of, a lot of my coaching also came from my mom who just kept grounding me in be grateful. You have your health 
right? I had my health. My mom was struggling with her health for quite some time. You know, she she shouldn't have lived four and a half years. And I know that she did because I did a lot of energy healing on her. And I know that because her faith was so incredibly strong that she just beat all the odds. I mean, her doctor's didn't even, I mean, her doctors didn't understand how she was still alive even four years later. And it was really her, her mindset and her belief and her faith and her willingness to look at other modalities of healing other than just medicine. And so one of the reasons I went and got certified as an energy healer and a sound healer was to help cure my mom was to help, you know, her life be prolonged as long as possible, as long as that was what she wanted. Um, So, you know, it was just really finding the strength and just one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. Wow. Okay. So I want to go back to something else you, you said earlier, which was really profound. You said that you had fallen asleep at the wheel of your marriage. Holy moly, like that resonates. And I know everybody listening can probably feel that. What was that moment like for you when you realized that? It was me looking in the mirror and going, what happened? You know, where did you go? I became so judgmental of myself. I became so angry and disappointed. Um, You know, I knew who I was in my corporate career. I had built this 20-year amazing corporate career that made me miserable. And I allowed that to be the only thing that defined who I was. What I didn't understand was I thought I showed up in all these areas of my life as a version of myself instead of being me and showing up as that version of me, irregardless, right? So I had it backwards. So it was one of those moments where I realized like, Why is it that I'm only showing up this way at work? And when I show up at home, I'm like a completely different person. You know, it was also that, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this too. Like we would go on vacation as a family. And like, I would always remember my ex-husband would say like, God, you're so different when we're, you know, away from the house and away from the day-to-day monotony. And, you know, and I kept saying, like, I just want to be me on vacation all the time. And I thought that I had to go on vacation to be that version of me instead of understanding. Oh, so you mean you don't? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You don't, which I didn't understand, you know, like, it's funny because I had kind of like this alter ego of like, you know, this version of me on vacation and I kept wanting to be her, but I didn't know how to bring her home. And so it was a lot of work on myself to understand that she's the same person and that there were elements of who I was pretending to be when I got home that she didn't exist when I was on vacation because, well, you're out of your everyday life. So you're off the autopilot, right? But when you're on the autopilot on your day-to-day life, it's so incredibly hard to, it takes a more conscious effort to shift. And I remember anytime I tried and it didn't produce the results I wanted, I was just like, never mind. Like, this is stupid. It's never going to (laughs) work. Instead of understanding, like it's a practice, it's, it's, you know, it's building muscle. It's like you go to the gym, you start with three pound weights, you move up to the fives, the eights, the tens, right? Right. 
I just would be like, oh, well, the threes are too heavy. Never mind. Screw the gym. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I fully get it. And it's so hard to even accept that within yourself that like something is not right here. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. Okay. So take me, I want to go, cause the book I think is perfectly titled. I mean, divorce sucks. Now what? You talk about the five stages. Can yes. you share a little bit about what that looks like for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the five stages are essentially my five step program um, that I is the foundation of the methodology that I coach my clients around. And it starts with rediscovering and reclaiming your identity and voice. And this is my rehab acronym. And so to be able to do that, it's really about understanding what are your values and how do you create boundaries in your life around those values? So I, again, was in a marriage where I'd lost myself. My values were whatever my husband told me his were, and I didn't know where he ended and I began. And so it was really important for me in my process and what I teach my clients around how it is that you really develop and learn what your like ride or die values are. And then how do you create these boundaries for yourself where you are living authentically into those values? You know, boundaries are as simple as using the word no. I didn't even know how to use that word, <laughs> let alone. What does that mean? <laughs> exactly. You know, or what a boundary was. And so that in and of itself is really step number one. Step number two is, okay, now that you know what your values are and you know how to create boundaries, it's like, okay, now it's time to end your victim mindset. Let's get out of the pity party and let's start distinguishing between what is your ego? What are those negative inner critic voices that are trying to keep you safe, but are actually keeping you stuck and in that stagnant location and then figure out from there, okay, what are they trying to tell me? What is it that they are like, what's the facts? What's the wisdom that's underneath what's keeping me stuck? Mm -hmm. And then to ultimately from there, learn how to the step number three, which is the H is all about healing your wounds. So how do we heal our wounds? Well, that comes with self-love, you know, self-love means loving every bit of who you are, right? I talked about the example of how my mom and I had that moment, you know, in the room and in the uh, fitting room at Nordstrom. And, you know, it's really about loving all of you, right? Including your flaws and including your past, because if you don't embrace that, then you're not going to be able to live in the now and also figure out who it is that you want to be moving forward. And so it's about getting away from the dark, which is what I call fear and moving into the light, which is ultimately self-love. Because once you start understanding what self-love looks like, what you can then do from there is start building back your self-esteem, your self-worth and your confidence to be able to 
start authentically living as who it is that you are. You know, I talk a little bit about the book that once I was getting to that stage of building my confidence back is when I started dating. And it wasn't that I was looking for external validation from the men that I was dating. What I was doing was using dating as an avenue for me to start going out there and being who it was that I was discovering I had become. I'm so and- glad you you bring that up because I it gets really misconstrued sometimes. Like, you know, that that dating is just, you're looking for a distraction or you're trying to fill a void. But I really see it as you saw it. Like now's a chance to just present what is and like whoever doesn't like it can take a hike and whoever likes it can stick around. I love that. I love that you see that. Yeah. And, and also for me to stand in my power of saying, yeah, not interested. Like you don't, you haven't earned the right to be with me, right? Like you haven't earned my time. You haven't earned the right to hear my story. And so it was a really good, you know, training ground for me to really start learning to stand in the voice and the identity and the power and and build the confidence around that this feels really good for me. Um, You know, all of my friends were still married. So I didn't, I had to create this whole new life for myself. And ultimately what that enabled me to do along that path of getting my confidence back was leading to step four, which is the A, which is all around accountability and acceptance. So I had to stand in the power of being held accountable holding myself accountable for who it was that showed up in my marriage. I was a poor communicator. I was a people pleaser. I was somebody that I was not proud to to look at, to be totally honest with you. And it wasn't until I said to myself, wow, I am never going to do that again. But until I cannot, you can't not be that again until you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to do it differently next time. So instead of, you know, making up a story in my head and then getting angry at my husband for not reading my mind, I'm actually going to speak my words and learn, you know, and I had learned how to speak to be heard and to be understood instead of, you know, lashing out like this volcano or this dragon where it's like, whoa, wall is up, can't even hear you anymore. And so really being held accountable for who I showed up as, taking responsibility, and then accepting that that's who I was, but it didn't mean that that's who I was going to be moving forward. And that self-awareness piece, Wendy, like, I mean- the number one thing lacking in most people's moving on journeys, as I like to call it, is knowing like, even if you weren't the reason for the demise of the relationship, what did you not do well? And I love that you make that such a strong point in your book. Yeah. And, you know, and the other piece I'll add on to what you just said, Michelle, is that it's about owning a hundred percent of your 50, right? Marriage takes two people. It doesn't matter that he cheated, right? It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but I don't take ownership of his choice. He has to live with that. He has to own his 100% of the 50%. I have to own how I showed up. I pushed him away. I own that I pushed my husband away because of how I acted. Now, he he could have come to me and said, stop being a bitch, right? Like stop blowing up at me and thinking I'm in your head listening to you, right? I had to own that I pushed him away. And if you can't own that, then how are you going to get into another relationship where you're not going to push somebody else away again? That, you know, that math equation, and I don't like math, is so <laughs> spot on because not many people can do that. It's so much easier for 
you to want somebody else to own their shit for that closure exactly. that never really comes. Exactly. It's the pointing finger game, right? It's like, I'm just going to blame him. Well, it sure. He made a really bad choice. He's got to live with that the rest of his life. I am living with no regrets because I've owned everything. I've yeah. taken responsibility. I've held myself accountable. I I have moved through the process to be able to then really ultimately move into my step five, which is all about building the foundation for your new life. And the way that I teach that and what I talk about in the book is that's through self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness is the foundation for your ultimate healing and recovery. Because until you forgive yourself, you are not going to be able to create the abundance in your life that you desire. And so until you embrace what I call the frequency of forgiveness, you are not going to build a new life. You're going to stay in the one that you have. Reach it. I love that you include. (laughs) No, I think, you know, you know, as a coach, you're met with every client is carrying this sort of shame or guilt. And I always like to talk about the difference between shame and guilt because they're two very different things. And that shame, that saying, staying stuck in that mindset of I did something wrong keeps you so far back from where you need to go. So I love that you round out your five with that piece because it's so huge with self-forgiveness. You have everything. Yes. And it was the hardest part for me. So I had gotten through all these four stages and suddenly I was at this forgiveness thing. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the hardest part for me. And so I, I get it. You know, it took me a while to understand that number one, it had nothing to do with him. Number two, I had to park my pride at the door and to really admit to what it was that I was forgiving myself for, for who I had become, who I showed up as. And it took me so long that I I actually, this is the the piece of my five-step process that I spend the most time with my clients because it then catapults them to be able to really take everything that they've done in the prior steps to really be able to go out and create and build that abundance. I didn't create my business, my, you know, my entire, you know, foundation for my coaching healing business, my recovery business until I got through that, because without forgiving yourself, you're not going to create abundance. Abundance through forgiveness is a high frequency energy vibration. If you're not at that place, you're staying in low vibe. You're staying in that, you know, that fear, that anxiety, it still creeps in. But until you get to the place where you can ultimately forgive yourself, you're in that land of, you know, general generosity and kindness and respect and love and caring. And that's where I choose to be. And it doesn't mean that I don't go backwards, right? Like I, I have, I go through the self-awareness process quite frequently, but it wasn't until forgiveness was understood. And I was actually in a state of forgiving myself that my entire life opened up for me. And here I stand, right? I'm in a committed relationship with a man that I love. We live together. We have a committed You guys are very cute, Jeff. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, Jeff. Um, You know, we have a blended family, like very similar to, you know, what you've created in your life. And, you know, and this is ultimately what we all want, right? Like we all just want to be happy. We want to find somebody to share our life with. And, this is this is where everybody gets to be and nobody's any different than you and I, Michelle. Like 
everybody is capable of this. It's just, you need to understand that it's a process. It takes practice. It takes relearning things, but what's on the other side, oh, it is worth, right? I call it a metamorphosis, right? Everybody wants to be that butterfly and it is possible for everyone. And the amount of time you spend in that chrysalis is up to you. So, you know, it's, it's really, it's your choice. You are such a gift. I'm so, so Aww. proud that you Thank put you. this out there. I mean, you are the epitome of doing the hard things and turning your pain into purpose. I think that Thank term you. gets really overused, but you know, as evidenced by your story with your mom, I think I, I couldn't imagine being in that situation and actually making lemonade out of lemons. I, I, I just, it's, it's really impressive. And you just set Thank such a you. precedence for the rest of us. And I'm so proud of you. Thank Wendy, you. where can everybody find your book that they need to yeah, read? I'm in a shameless plug my cover. So Do my it. book is, <laughs> my book is available on Amazon. It's paperback and Kindle. You don't have to own a Kindle. You just have to have the app to be able to read it. If that's your preference. Um, you can also find more information and I have free downloads that are associated with every chapter. You can just go to my book website, which is divorce sucks. Now what.com <laughs> super easy. Um, and so there's, you know, you can buy it from there too. And you can also get those freebies, social media, divorce rehab with Wendy. Um, I too have a podcast that Michelle has been a guest on as well. You should check out our episode, but it's called the divorce woman's guide where I have an episode like Michelle every single week that is really intended to just give everybody the support that they need. Cause we don't know what it is that we need when we're embarking on a new path that none of us anticipate. So ain't that the truth? Yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Wendy, thank you so much for those of you listening. I will absolutely be linking everything. There is no one book that is perfect in the divorce process. I say this all the time mm -hmm. about my own book. Sure. I'd love for you to read it, but please open your mind to different experiences. You know, like what you offer in yours is so different from what I've seen in so many other divorce books in its own beautiful way. And so the more the merrier people like educate yourselves, healing is so not a one size fits all model and, and you perfectly embrace that. So we'll see you next Thank time you. on Moms Moving On. Wendy, all the best. Thank you Thank for being you. here. Thanks for having me. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my moving on method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, certified divorce and co-parenting specialist, and I founded the moving on method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. 
I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.